trading nut episode 113 number two is i asked myself back in october of 2020 a couple months ago about four months ago do i just want to keep doing this the same way forever things probably won't get any worse but they're for sure not going to get any better it'll probably just stay the same or maybe get worse i'm not sure and then after asking myself that question, looking at myself in the mirror, I decided, no, I, I don't, I, I think I'd, I'd rather take some, take some risks here, be experimental and kind of wander around and try to figure out how you can make things better. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax, learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial trading or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host Cam Hawkins and today we have Nick Sean back on the show for a third time. Now the reason I got him back is because this guy's one of these kind of traders who evolves over time, right? So what he was doing back in episode four has changed from what he was doing in episode, I think it was 39. So uh, he is now in here at episode 113 with not a completely different way of trading but add-on to add-ons to what he was originally doing so guys this is why i like to get this sort of trader back on to understand why uh, he's an evolutionary kind of trader whereas there's other guys out there that i know very much i find something that's gonna, that works and that's all i'm going to do i'm just going to play that out over the course of time now i personally think the evolutionary kind of trader has got a better chance because they're evolving with the market and the market's different from what it is uh, what it was back in the day so by being more of an evolving trader you're going to have a better chance of surviving in the long term now guys uh, Nick does have a program an awesome awesome program which he's just also updated so if you guys want to get access to probably the deal of the century on that program and I'm talking a crazy crazy offer then please subscribe to the Trading Nut email. It's only going to be available for like 24 hours. So you're going to need to subscribe to the email to make sure you catch that. You don't want to miss the email and you don't want to miss the deal. Okay, so stay tuned for that, guys. If you're on your phones, be make a, make a note of it somewhere. You've got to chuck this in your email to, to, to not miss this offer. Um, we do also walk through and do a video after this where you're going to get to see how Nick's trading has evolved from a a technical analysis point of view so you're going to get to see exactly what he's doing uh, and I've even asked him for uh, to do a back test one of those back test challenges and because he's now doing back testing so he said yes we're going to get him on do one of those in the future so stay tuned for that uh, also 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 guys talking about challenges we're heading into the semi-finals here on trader versus trader so make sure you're catching these as well they're also in the email so double reason to sign up to the emails to get notified when these goes like go live on YouTube, and also if you m- missed the one last week, oh my word, we had uh, we had one of our traders, Cass Damon, do nine out of ten trades correct in the ten trade challenge. It's now up to two thousand dollars that he can win, or somebody can win. He was one trade off it. He got nine out of nine right. He also did very well in the actual challenge and with a nine over nine percent score and, and topped the leaderboard there as well. Um, so guys, you got to go and check this this stuff out over there on Trading Nut YouTube channel. And if you do, uh, if you are looking to 
basically do a bit of back testing and you want to do it a bit quicker then I do have a course where, where I teach you how to build trading robots you can either semi automate systems or fully automate them I uh, had a system idea chucked it in in there built it in just a matter of minutes and then I had it there testing to see what the overall win rate was of that whether or not I had an edge and it gave me information that I was then able to use in a manual trading system. So this is the sort of stuff you can do with Robot Builders Club. And there is going to be a price increase soon. So please do bear that in mind. If you're going to leave it too late, you're going to probably miss out on the deal that we've got there at the moment or the price we've got there at the moment. Also, guys, we've got a new logo coming on Trading and I love it. I think it's brilliant. And it's going to go so well on the merch as well. So guys, you've got to stay tuned for this and I'll let you know when it's come. It's not too far off. All right, enough from me. Do remember, we've got that Nick Sean offer uh, coming up later on this week. So hopefully you get to hear this beforehand. If not, you've probably missed, well, you would have missed out. It's going to be 24 hours, hours only. So do subscribe to the email list to make sure you get access to that. Uh, last but not least, oh, let's just get on with the show. Come on, let's do it. Whether you're a struggling trader or a profitable trader, our sponsor, City Traders Imperium, are offering you the chance to become a fully backed Forex trader. That's right, get coached and funded with CTI today. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Nut again. We've got Nick Sean back with us after probably, it's be, probably been about <clears throat> two years, has it, Nick? I think it's been actually closer to three years since we did our first, uh, I think it's two and a half years, yeah. Two and a half years, wow. I mean, that, that since we did the first, the very first one, which was, it was one of the early episodes of Trading uh, trading Nuts uh, after I'd done my 52 traders. So we had had you on here on episode 39, uh, and we also had you on way back in episode, uh, what was it called, episode four, where you were trading a Forex divergence strategy. And um, and then the, the second one, episode 39, when you had two different strategies, which were uh, which were very 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 weird. So one was, I think, a, a high risk strategy, which would um, eventually blow an account, but would give you some some funds. And then another one was more conservative, where you'd sort of feed that high risk uh, capital into those accounts. Um, do you want to sort of talk us through that evolution from uh, back in? And I'll tell you the exact date: September two, uh, 26, two thousand eighteen, when we had that first interview. Um, to the to the second one, and then the third one. So the second one was like almost a year later, and the third one here is is now a year and a bit on from that. So do you want to do you want to give us some insight into like how that sort of whole evolutionary journey of you trading has gone? Yeah, yeah. So um, so I'll, I'll keep it I'll keep it as brief as I can. Right. So I got into trading around March of 2016. I didn't get profitable until about a year and a half. It was about the summer of 2017 when I got profitable and I got profitable trading. I had about 8K that I was trading with. I put 1500 into an account and I would routinely trade that very high risk, very highly leveraged, um, with huge position sizes, trading this little like five minute and 15 minute RSI divergence strategy. And that's back when we did our first podcast, which was maybe like a year after that point when I got profitable that summer. And so you know, I was trading this system and it, it gave me good funds, right? I, I would double, triple, quadruple the account. I would continue to withdraw the funds, internal transfer them into my main account that I had to keep growing the funds because I knew it was really high risk. And there would eventually come the day when the account would blow because it did not trade with hard stop losses. It was all discretionary. So I traded that for like a year up until like the summer of 2018. And, um, and then whenever you and I did our podcast a little bit after that, I was still trading that way in general, like for the most part. 
And so I was trading that way and I was growing it, but I got to the point where I, I was now trading with larger capital and I wanted something that was more predictable, more sustainable, less risky, if you will. And so over the course of the rest of 2018 and into 2019, I then learned um, about just basic technical analysis, basic price action stuff. I tested a couple different things and found that super simple, notorious break and retest strategy works great for me on like the daily four hour, one hour charts. And so I kind of got into that and started refining that. And then from 2018, doing that um, until 2019, I got to the point where I was still trading divergence, but I would do it on smaller accounts. That was this quote unquote, like high risk system. And then for my larger capital, my larger accounts, I would just trade my low risk, very boring, simple break and retest strategy. It'd give me consistent returns, maybe like five, 10% per month, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less. And I kept doing that until like 2019. And I, I believe that's when we did our, that was like what our second podcast in 2019, yeah, second right? Podcast, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we did that and I was still doing like this little hybrid system. Since then, towards the end of 2019, um, I then transitioned into not doing divergence at all and just trading with um, with all my capital with just one simple trading system, which is like breaks and retest. Um, so that that was working fine. It continued to work fine. And I continued doing that all from the end of 2019 up until the end of last year, 2020. For those of you watching, this is it's February 2021 right now. And so then about, about four months ago, actually three and a half months ago, I got into my trading system and I started asking the question, how can I do things better? And so I started testing a couple of different things. I started testing like win rates and better risk rewards and pinpointing entries on lower timeframes, but having same targets based on like higher timeframe structure. And I, I essentially just evolved my break and retest system into a system in which it's still sort of the same thing, finding like breaks and retests for entries during clear trends, but just with a lot more defined specific entries with way higher risk rewards. My average risk reward in the past, like past two years was maybe around one to two, one to three. Now it's more along the lines of anywhere from, this sounds stupid, but one to 10 to one to 50 risk reward. I'm currently in a trade right now, 80 USD, which is in like, it's a one to 43 risk reward ratio trade is where I got the entry. And we can talk about that more in this podcast. But that's essentially how my trading has evolved. So it's kind of cool. You, back when we were kids, we did a podcast almost three years ago. And now we're here and we're both growing as traders. And you know, you've got your podcast, I've got Mission FX. And yeah, so that, that's that's how it's been the past few years, man. Wow. So so um, it's interesting that having a, I suppose, this evolution of, of trading, you don't, I don't often get that in many of my guests where they go from sort of, you know, starting off with a strategy they seem to stick with it for the for the duration of their career or, or as long as I sort of know know them. I mean, why do you think it's worked for you having just sort of more of an evolutionary approach by um, uh, yeah, two things? Why why has it worked? And because you can it can go the wrong way, right? Uh, and then two, um, is this something you sort of recommend for for other traders out there? So I'll answer that second question first. Yes, I think it's something that I recommend for other traders. And now we'll touch on the first thing, which is why do I think it worked for me? So if we look at things like things evolving to become better, if we just talk about people being progressive, people continuing to be better over time, it's literally in our DNA. It's in our genes. Five to six million years ago, we evolved from chimpanzees. We can prove this with science. Then we evolved from all these different genres of like homo habilis, homo, sa homo erectus, homo sapiens to modern humans. And if you look back in history a couple million years ago, it's gotten consistently better. So for one, it's in our nature. Number two is I asked myself back in October of 2020, a couple months ago, about four months ago, I asked myself, I'm like, do I just want to keep doing this the same way forever? 
things probably won't get any worse, but they're for sure not going to get any better. It'll probably just stay the same or maybe get worse. I'm not sure. And then after asking myself that question, looking myself in the mirror, I decided, no, I, I don't, I, I think I'd, I'd rather take some, take some risks here, be experimental and kind of wander around and try to figure out how you can make things better. Because me personally, like just moving forward, it's like fun. It's exciting. It's cool. It's nice. It's interesting to me. It's an interesting way to spend your time. And so I started looking up online, like different ways I could do to make my system, my trading system better, as well as my business mission effects better. And I, the first thing I could think of, I'm like, what is the most successful, like business owner in the world? And it was Jeff Bezos. And an interesting thing about him and, and Amazon, which you could argue it's probably one of the most successful companies ever, is that he embraces this weird thing called the day one mentality. And it essentially means it's like, um, he says, day one is when everything is fun and exciting, you're making massive progress and it's all cool. But what happens whenever you get there? What happens in trading when you get profitable? What happens when you're a successful business owner or a successful podcast owner? You tend to get in this like maintenance mode. And Jeff Bezos calls this day two. He says day two is stasis. It's um, stasis followed by irrelevance, followed by excruciating painful decline, followed by death. And he said that is why it's always day one at Amazon. It's always in this progressive, let's constantly evolve and make things better mentality. And so I, I looked at that and I was like, all right, I want to start making my trading system better and become a better trader. I want to make my business better and I want to figure out how I can delight my clients and serve them way better, help them get better results. And I also want to become a better person, but that goes without saying for most people. And so I think this progressive, like evolving way of continually trying to be the best you can be, whether it's trading, whether it's in maybe your relationship with your wife or husband or boyfriend, girlfriend, whether it's in you know your business, whatever it may be, I think that constantly like evolving and improving, being willing to fail and test things and experiment with different things and kind of like wander around being curious. I, I think that doing that can typically make us a lot better in the long run, provided that we don't take risks that can like wipe out all of our trading accounts or destroy our businesses or ruin all of our relationships, provided that they're a little calculated risk. I think you can do a lot to become better. So that's why I think it's worked for me because it's literally worked in human nature for the millions of years. And it's also worked for me in my trading and business as well. And I certainly think it can work for everyone else. Just jumping in here with a quick message from my sponsor, Sage Capital, who provide education software and tools needed to increase anyone's ability to trade more successfully. Perfect for people who are either still learning, too busy, or just want to use professional-grade strategies to build passive income. They've achieved high returns with relatively low risk and are available for auto-copying today. Go to sagecapital.co.uk and start auto-trading today. It's a great answer. And, and in terms of like your trading, I mean, and you t- touch on it there at the very end around risk and, you know, you don't want to obviously get to the point where you, you destroy all the good work you've done. I mean, how do you how did you sort of go about this sort of transition so you felt confident in this new way that you were trading with these high risk, uh, higher risk-to-reward trades that you were getting? Yeah, to answer in the simplest way, I did something that I, I had previously um, like shunned and looked down upon. I went and back-tested. I scrolled back on the trading view charts. I used the replay feature and I backtested something that I used to think was very stupid. Something, by the way, I've completely changed my mind on. I don't think backtesting is bad at all now. I actually think it's very good and useful in helping you determine the viability of a trading system. I, I, I still believe you need to have a degree of forward testing with live market data to help. But how I did it was, you know, I didn't go and risk like 5K per trade of my actual capital to test something. I went back and I backtested and experimented for a little bit got kind of an idea of how I wanted to approach it down 
and then I, I didn't use an actual demo account. I would just put the actual uh, trading view, like long short position tools on my charts. And then I would just like let the replay feature run out and I would kind of log what happened. And I did this to sort of get a rules-based system in place that was slightly modified than my current system. And then going forward with live market data, I would just do this over the course of a few weeks and journaled it. And I did that for like two and a half months. It was almost three months pretty much until the end of December. And then I started live trading it after I'd confirmed it worked after three months of live forward testing and quite a bit of back testing during that time. So that's how I went about it. I think you need to take those calculated risks. I think demo testing and trading is the easiest way to do that. Okay. And, and so just so I'm clear, so the, I know that you were doing sort of like a one-to-one because um, we did it in our, I just remember we did it in our build that bot video where, where you, um, you sort of revealed your, your strategy and we talked about how we could automate it and you were saying, look, you know, it's one-to-one take profit. So you, you've, you're risking one, you're gaining one. Are you still using that sort of philosophy, but so same sort of trade? But you're getting in at it with a much tighter stop because you've sort of managed to hone it down. So is it? What I'm trying to say is, is it the same trades, but just um, your stop is much tighter than one to one? So that's correct. It's the same basic trading idea, right? So I'm still looking for trends in the daily and H4 start. Still trying to think. Well, I believe price will go from here to up here. But you know, there's multiple ways you can trade that. You could enter and then have your stop way below here and have like a one to two risk score, and that works fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I did that. It worked great for me for like almost two years. But instead, you can also trade that same idea by saying, okay, we're here in the daily in H4. We're in an uptrend. Maybe price is broken above resistance, come back bouncing a support. Well, why not? Whenever we're here bouncing a support, why don't I zoom into the one hour? Why don't I zoom into the minute 15? What if I found a break and retest on that chart? I entered right there, had my stop loss just below that zone. And then I zoom back out and I just drag my final target to like an, ex- like an extreme daily high or maybe even a higher high within that trend in the daily chart. So then your risk will be like literally like nothing. It's like it's super microscopic risk, but your potential for upside is insane. If you get a trade that has a one to 40 risk to reward ratio and you book out some partial profits along the way and move your stop to break even and it happens to go make a higher high in the daily, you know, you could probably scale out 20 units of reward out of that, even with like a one to 40 risk reward, counting partial profits and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, I would say it's the same approach to like the same sort of trading idea, but how am I going to actually execute and get in a little bit differently with a, you know, better, more favorable risk reward, but with the same logical trading ideas. Yeah. And, and did it have any impact on your, your metrics around your sort of win rate? Did you have to sort of sacrifice that to, to get the higher, higher risk to reward? I, I did. I did. So my win rate used to be like for my trading system before it was anywhere from like 40 to 60%. It would really depend on the trading week. I would have a trading week where sometimes I'd take five trades, I'd win three of them. Other trading weeks, I'd have five trades and I'd win like two of them and stuff like that. The risk reward still was what able was able to keep me profitable, the combination of risk reward and win rate. With my current system, my win rate for a final target being achieved is around maybe 15 to 20%. We could say anywhere between 15 to 25%. It depends on how much data you're looking at, whether it's a week or a month or six months or whatever. And so while my win rate is a lot lower, on the trades that I win, the reward is like 20, 30, 40, 40 times like um, what, what the losers are in, in most cases. And so I think that, yeah, if you're looking at metrics like win rate, you also have to look at metrics like um, what is the overall profitability in terms of units of reward you're getting on those winning trades? And you sort of put a combination of those metrics together to, to get what the bottom line is, which is, hey, is it profitable or not? So yeah, yeah, my win rate has gone lower, um, but my profitability has stayed the same, even risking like a tenth 
of what I would normally be risking. I was normally risking like around maybe like anywhere from four to 5k per trade because of my trading capital, about 1% is that much. Yeah, I'd have like 5k losers here and there. But then if I win like a, a trade, it would be like either 10 to 15k in a winner. So my months would average out. I'd make anywhere from like 10 to 30k a month, like almost every month in 2020 last year. Um, but with this now I am, I'm only risking anywhere from like 250 bucks to 500 bucks per trade. But since the risk reward ratio is so much higher, it's the same amount of profitability just with just micro risk, like literally nothing. You, you catch a couple good trades a month and um, the profits from those will wipe out all the losers, all the break evens, all the small profits that came back and hit break even after they went to profit for a bit. So yeah, it's a great way to trade. But then again, just because it works for me, it doesn't mean it will work for everyone. I think people should still go out and test, but that's how it's kind of worked out so far. And, and is it the kind of strategy where you're like trying to get in to the same position multiple times? So for example, like I'm just sort of thinking in my mind, like you're looking at the, the hour, or like, let's say it's a four hour move and you're all the way down on the 15 minute chart and you're looking to try and get into that move. And you know you might be saying, "Oh, it's break and retest. Let me get into that. Oh, that that hit loss, hit a stop loss." But I've now found another break and retest in the same move for the same setup, which was on the four-hour chart. Are you going to be entering that multiple times? And do you have any rules around that? Yeah, so I'll I'll scale in if a opportunity presents itself, even if I'm already in a trade. So let's say like I'm already in a buy on this happened like last week or I think two weeks ago. Let's say I'm going to buy a New Zealand dollar JPY and it's already in some huge profit. But whenever I'm looking at it, you know, I still think price will go from like here, which is maybe a higher low on the daily chart. And I think it'll go make a higher high on the daily chart. So I'm in a trade. Maybe it's up 10 units of reward at that time. Maybe I've closed partial profits already in the stops at break even. But there's another trade that sets up maybe on the one hour chart. Price breaks above a one hour super clear resistance, comes back and it starts bouncing. I'll look to scale in and get another entry right there, but that trade will stand alone as its own scenario, right? The entry will be at that level. The stop loss will be below it with the same daily target of a higher high, provided that the market blesses me with happening to happening to go and make a higher high because most of the time it won't. Most of the time it'll give you a bit of profit. You'll scale out some partial profits and the rest will come back at break even. So I don't have any hard rules like, oh, if I'm already in the trade and I'm already trading an idea like a New Zealand dollar buy, I'm only going to have one position. Like, I don't have a trading rule that that dictates that, but any trade that uh, makes sense, yeah, I'll scale into trades if if uh, if opportunities present themselves and the same trading idea is still pretty much there. The trend has to be very clear. <laughs> That's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so important. The trend is so important. Now, um, what what about taking these partial exits? I mean, are they? How do you determine like you know if you're looking for a uh, say a one to forty three risk to reward? How do you determine what? time you're going to take your partial exit there have you got set rules that you've worked out for that yeah so i actually have two set rules the first one is the trade has to move into at least one to two units of gain and if i close partial profits it has to at least cover what the initial risk was on the trade if i were to take partial profits at a one-to-one risk reward let's say i risk 500 bucks on the trade when the trade is in a one-to-one risk reward ratio profit on the way to potentially a way higher target if I close 50% of the trade there, I'm closing out 250 bucks profit. However, if that comes back and hits break even, that will mean that position, the rest of it will be break even, but I'll have 250 bucks sitting in my account that I close in profit. 
But if after that I go and take a loss, that'll be minus $500 if it goes straight to stop loss. And so what I like to do is wait for it at least to go into one to two risk reward ratio, because what that dictates, if you risk 500 bucks and it's gone into double the profit, you're in profit about a thousand bucks. If I close out 50% of the position right there, then I can book out $500 of reward into my account. So that's effectively covered like another losing trade that I'll likely have within the next week or two. And I'll have an open profit on that trade with a break-even stop loss that'll set at the point of booking partial profits. If it continues up, great. I'll continue scaling out at major zones on the way up to the final target. If it doesn't, it's fine. I'll come back and hit me at break-even. So my first rule is wait until it moves into a one-to-two risk-reward ratio. My second rule is that if the risk-to-reward ratio is very far, I don't have a super precise, like it has to be like a one to 32 risk reward ratio or anything. But if it's like, I'd say one to 25 or one to 30 or one to 40, one to 50, then typically what I'm going to want is since the risk is so small, it will, it will very easily move into maybe two, three, four, five units of profit. If, if a trade moves into a one to five risk to reward ratio, I only have to close 20% of that trade. So if I'm in like, like 10 lots, I only have to close two lots of that trade to just get back what my initial risk was. Then I get the stop loss to break even. And I just kind of fold my hands and say a prayer to the Forex gods that it continues going. So yeah, I'd say my two rules are the first one is it has to at least move into a one to two risk reward ratio profit. If my risk rewards are around a one to 10, that's typically what I'll do. And my second rule is that if the risk reward is higher, like, like higher than like a one to 20, one to 30, maybe then what I'll usually do in most cases is wait to get like a one to three or one to four risk reward ratio because then I can still chip out a little bit of profits to cover my initial risk and I'll get the stop to break even or wipe the sweat off my forehead after that. And then after that, I still have a big portion of the position left open that can continue to go into huge profit. So that's sort of the way that I sort of manage my trades as they go into profits with booking partials and break even stops. And, and um, how did you come up with these ideas around, you know, entry, exit, like refining this strategy? I mean, how did you go out and go, right, Here's an idea. Was it like off the bat? I'm gonna just come up with some ideas, or did you go and get some education, or did you? How did you come up with the ideas? You know what's really weird. This may this may sound weird to other people, but it doesn't sound weird to me. Is I just went and scrolled back through the charts, through all my current trades that I'm take that I had taken, and I asked myself, how could I have made this scenario play out more profitable? So if I took a loss, how could I have maybe made that instead like a break-even trade? Is there anything I could have done? If that was maybe like it went into some profit, but then it came back and hit stop loss, how could I have made that a more profitable scenario? Hmm, could I have maybe taken some partial profits and then moved the stop to break even? And then letting that play out over a couple of trades and looking back at a couple of trades of data, maybe 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 trades, looking and seeing, okay, what happens most of the time and how can I like use this to my advantage in the future to help the trade end in the most profitable scenario. And so I asked that question. I looked at a lot of my previous trades I had taken for like the past couple of months. And then I also did, like I said, a lot of back testing and stuff to kind of see, all right, if the market does this and I can do this in reaction to that, and then most of the time it will end in sort of the most profitable trade scenario. So to answer your question, I got it through just looking at some of my trade data, asking the question, how could I have made this better? How could I have gotten maybe a better risk reward? Um, made more profits on my winner? Did I did I close it too early? Did, could it have gone a lot higher? Is that what most of the trades are doing? I just asked those series of questions by looking at my trade data. And I also took that and then went and applied it into some back testing and then forward testing on demo. So that's how I did it. I just pretty much looked at the data. And how, how much time did you actually attribute to that? I mean, did you spend on going back, looking at your old trades? 
Dude, it was a lot, man. I did this from like mid-October all the way into like the very end of December. So, I mean, I was doing it hours a day. It, it was a lot. I was very weird. I spent so much time doing it. So yeah, it was a ton, a couple hours a day at least. Okay, cool. And, and I think that's that's interesting to, for the guys out there listening is because, you know, people go, oh yeah, I just went back and did, you know, check my trades. There's a lot of time, because I've done this before, right, as well, and I know that there's a lot of time you could attribute to this and just to get an idea on that, I think might help quite a few people out there sort of go, look, if I was to go and do this, this is what I'm staring down the barrel of, two hours a day. Like, I mean, even an hour, 45 minutes, you sort of think you're doing a lot, but two hours is a good effort over three months. That's um, that's fantastic. Now, for I sort of thinking, right, so as a beginner, having a 20% win rate is probably going to be quite hard for them, um, especially if they're pop, you know, possibly dealing with a smaller account size and that sort of thing. I mean, how do you how do you help guys who are in that position where they're, you know, they're new to trading or newish to trading and, and they're like having to, you know, sit through possibly a string of losses? So I would ask them to look at the metrics. So let's say like for me, having like anywhere from a 15 to 25% win rate of trades that will hit the final target, 75 to 85% of them will result in small profits and the rest comes back at break even or number two, a completely break even trade or number three, a small stop out. That's how it ends most of the time. And so win rate, if somebody came to me and said, Nick, I, I just can't do a 20% win rate. I just can't do that. I would ask them the question why. And I would listen to what they said. What it will most likely be is because they think that they can't be profitable with a 20% win rate. They think it just won't work. And then what I always use this with my current clients, how I teach is, is I use the example of saying, would you rather have a 99% win rate or a 10% win rate? And most students will say, oh, the 99% win rate. And so then I will tell them, okay, what if you had a 99% win rate and on every single trade that you win, you win $1, but you only lose one out of every hundred times. And let's say on that one time you lose, let's say you lose $200. Now you've taken 99 trades you've won $99 and you take that last trade and you lose $200. You've now effectively wiped out all of your profits and double that. And, and you had a 99% win rate. And so it kind of gets my clients thinking, they're like, okay, so win rate isn't everything. So then what is it? The bottom line is profitability and profitability is generated through a combination of win rate logical trade scenarios with with like a probability that works good and also with good risk reward we can just factor this in with risk management we can just call it risk management risk management in my updated program is something that i teach is like a component of um of, of sorry risk to reward ratio is a component of risk management so you combine logical trade setups that have a decent probability of winning you have a decent win rate. I mean, you can't win 0% of trades. You got to win like at least 1% of your trades. And then you also combine that with good risk management, good risk to rewards scenarios and stuff. You can take 10 trades a week and lose nine in a row and lose 1% each. It means you'd be down 9%. And if you take one trade at the end of the week, that brings you back 20%. You're now in profit 11% for that week. If you took 10 trades and you had a 10% win rate, you only won one. And so I would tell people that would say, you know, Nick, I don't know if I can be profitable with the 20% win rate. I would ask them to go and look at the other metrics. What is your win rate? What is your risk per trade? What is your average consecutive losing streak? What is, um, you know, your average risk reward ratio? What is the probability of the trade working out? I would say, look at all these different metrics and kind of put it all together. And don't think in such a linear way of, 
I have to have just a one to three risk reward, or I have to have just a mm. 60% win rate. You know what I mean? I would say, look at more of the data and kind of combine it together to where it makes sense and then work based off of the data. It's interesting because uh, it just reminds me that my um, one of my clients from Robot Builders Club, who now is sponsoring the show, uh, Nathan Sage at Sage Capital, he he um, he said, uh, I don't know if he said it in, in the interview that went public, but he did an interview for the Robot Builders Club members as well. And he was saying, look, at, at 20% win rate is more than enough for these for the, uh, the 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 robots that he'd created, where he's licensing them into funds, um, and funds are, are completely happy with that, uh, and it's all about risk, right? It's all about downside risk. So it is it is very much in line with what what funds are after. Um, so I, I know you've sort of you've got clients there that are, that are obviously using this this methodology. Um, you've got a course. I mean, you must have updated it recently to to accommodate these um these changes is that right yeah that's correct we spent about three months updating it and i finally finished it like two weeks ago and um and i mean how have you how have you sort of evolved your course to um i suppose bring in all these sort of additional factors because it is quite a shift from the one-to-one break and retest uh approach to, to now having this sort of um full-on you know you're going to get multi-r multi-multi-r trades and uh and have to sort of you know manage multiple time frames a bit more as well how how have you managed to make it so that clients can come on board and and uh and come out the end of it with with a good understanding and and a, a higher chance of becoming profitable yeah so the way i've modified it i'll i'll put it in the context real quick with what you said right there the way that you just described me trading yes that is how i trade do i have clients that trade this way of course i also have a very significant portion of my profitable clients that are trading their own systems. Maybe it includes a component of let me trade with the trend. Maybe it has a component of let me have a one to five risk reward ratio or better. Maybe it has a component of let's trade a break and retest, but I've got people using stuff like moving averages, stuff like Fibonacci, confluence of trend lines and horizontal levels. I have all sorts of stuff and they can all be profitable doing that. And this is what I noticed with my profitable clients for like the past year or two is that they'd always tend to do something a little bit different than me. Their system is slightly different. There's a couple different things about it. Every single one of my profitable clients, that has been the case. And so I started asking the question, all right, if I'm going to make a program, what are most courses? What do they consist of? It's pretty much just somebody who trades Forex teaching somebody, hey, this is how I trade. I'll teach you how I do it. You can have it. And then now you can go and join my group chat. And then like, you know, hopefully it works. And that's pretty much it. Now, there's nothing wrong with this, but it typically means people have to sift through a couple different like education things, Google, YouTube courses, this and that to try to figure out what works for them. And just because I have a let's say I have a system that revolves on me trading just at New York session for 30 minutes. But then I have a client who works a nine to five job in Australia and can't even be there at the charts during that time. It's not going to work for them. And so I decided I did not want to make mission effects to be just another course where, hey, I teach how I trade and then you join my chat and good luck. I wanted it to be a complete, unique experience that's personalized, that teaches people all the timeless, basic stuff they need to know. You need to know basic terminology. You need to know like what a PIP is. You need to know basic technical fundamental analysis. And I teach them the timeless basics, the things that are probably never going to change. And then the last half of the course, it's actually, I think, a little bit more than half. It goes over mindset and psychology and then what it takes to put together a trading system in which you can have a rules-based system 
and which will work for that client around their time constraints, around their capital, around their psychology and whatever they're comfortable risking, whether it's high risk or low risk or whatever. And it's literally dictates a rules-based trading system that they'll put together. And then my program teaches them how to test that trading system, how to track it in a comprehensive trading journal, how to track all the metrics, gather all the data, and then how to look at that data and analyze that data to ask the question, how can we make it better? So they can then take the data optimize their trading system around pretty much just doing more of what works and less of what doesn't, and then continually to perpetually improve that even after they're profitable. This means that someone coming in learning trading can have a completely personalized, unique experience and literally build a trading system from scratch that works specifically for them around their time constraints, capital, everything like that. And so that's how I sort of evolved Mission Effects because I thought, all of my current clients, like a couple months ago, all my current clients, they were doing something slightly different than I was. So I'm like, if that's working for them, how can I teach people to then do this for themselves? Because they figured it out. Why can't I help other people figure it out too? So that's the kind of the approach I take with it. Yeah. And, and in terms of like mindset, uh, I mean, I get varying sort of degrees of like, you know, trading is you know, 90% mindset, 10% technicals and that sort of thing sort of stuff i mean what's your view on it in terms of how important is mindset and where where does it come into play so i'll, I'll go to more of a practical approach because a lot of us will just say oh it's mindset you got to get your psychology right but like what the hell does that actually mean right and so here's here's what it means i found that people who can take the time to focus and learn something and then take that stuff and then actively like meticulously put things together like in their trading to combine it into a trading system to then test it to keep their head down and work without getting distracted people who can do this and stay focused in the process they typically end up getting better results it's kind of like if you're in college and you go to class and you never pay attention you're on the phone the whole time you never take notes how do you think you're going to do in that class you probably won't do very well the same thing is true of trading if you come into anybody's program or watch any youtube video or anything but you're not really paying attention you're not really applying it you're not really there it's like you're probably not going to get the best results with it regardless. It doesn't matter. And so in my program, the first, uh, the first two videos in the program right now currently, um, it teaches people how to get into a focused mindset to where they'll tune out all the noise and distraction, how to, um, how to think, so how to create belief systems, how to not make any assumptions, how to not like approach trading with like, I think I know this and I think I know this, so I won't question these. And then I'll learn new things. It teaches people how to completely rip apart their belief systems and then literally use an evidence-based approach to craft their trading system and then use that data, which is the evidence-based approach, to then optimize their system and become better and better. A huge portion of that is just being in the right appropriate mindset to say, I need to approach this in a very specific way. And that's how I teach it. There's, there's a lot more into it, but essentially it teaches people the practical things that they have to physically do to actually, for one, just complete the program. And then secondly, go in and actually create a system, use some logical, like deductive reasoning to like put it together a system and test it and track the results and stuff like that. So that's what I mean by mindset. It's not a lot of like woo woo stuff. It's, it's a lot more practical and it's itemized and like bullet points and stuff nice. like that. Yeah. Cool. Look, I've got a couple of sort of random questions to ask you, uh, just to just to wrap up the show. So the first one is, look, I know you're a stock and a forex trader. Um, what are your views on on cryptos? I mean, they seem to have really. I mean, I'm, I'm talking today, and we're almost at 50k on Bitcoin. I was asking the question around cryptocurrencies eight years ago, uh, when there was this massive bull run on Bitcoin, and now it sort of seems that I think cryptos are seem seem to be here to stay. Obviously. Uh, what what are your views on it? Have you sort of 
did you chat to other people about it? Have you got any thoughts? Yeah, so I think just to answer your question directly, if I'm being honest, I don't know. I don't I don't own any Bitcoin. I don't actively trade Bitcoin. I've got plenty of clients who trade it. I've got some of my best friends tell me about it all the time and they're trading it. Um, but if you're asking me personally, I don't think I know enough about it to really give any useful information. Anything that I say would just be pure conjecture and speculation. It looks like it'll keep going up, but hey, I I don't I don't know. I don't like yeah. It's not something I actively do. Um, right. The second weird question is just to wrap up the show. So uh, I saw in your your story the other day. You said um, like I, I bought got bored on the weekend, so I started another business. I mean, do you want to quickly tell us about this other business? Yeah, man. So um, prior to doing trading back in 2016, it was actually in 2015, I, I was in college at UT Arlington here in Texas to do criminal justice, to graduate with a bachelor's degree, to do law enforcement. I wanted to be a police officer in Dallas, Texas, and then transition to Fort Worth, Texas. That was my whole life's dream was to be in law enforcement, to serve my community, to be able to make a difference in people's lives in a positive way. And that's what I wanted to do. But magically, I got introduced to Forex trading in March of 2016, which would have been literally that would have been that was like two months away from when Dallas Police Department hired me and said, hey, you know, we want you to come and start police academy and stuff. And whenever I got to that position, I decided, okay, I'm going to try trading for just like one year, maybe two years. If it works, great. I'll do trading. If it doesn't work, I'll go back. I'll finish college. I'll become a police officer and I'll reapply for the police department, everything, and I'll do it and I'll be fine. That's the worst case scenario. Trading ended up working out. So I, I abandoned my dreams of everything. I you know, withdrew my application whenever I decided to continue trading. I dropped out of college with, my, with two classes left to my bachelor's degree. It was four years of college and I dropped out with two classes left and I still haven't finished. I literally sacrificed everything to do trading, but there's still this little itch in me about like, you know, doing like engineering, law enforcement, stuff like that. Like I was also very interested in engineering in high school. We had an engineering class that of the two years they ran it my junior and senior year, I got top of the class in engineering design and problem solving. Mm. I love it. I think it's so much fun. And so I decided to put this like engineering part of me that likes problem solving and stuff. And I tried to put it with my passion for law enforcement. And I started building these like model police cars. So you get like a little die cast model police car thing and you kind of figure out like how to put lights on it, how to program the LEDs and the little, it's a lot like what you'd be doing with Robot Builders Club and like coding and stuff, except you're just like coding this little thing called an Arduino microcontroller to like make the flash patterns. And I learned how to like, I had to go buy this whole course on programming electronics and stuff to figure out how to like duplicate flash patterns to make it look realistic, like the realistic police departments. And then like I had to learn like about voltage and current, and which resistors I need for the LEDs and how to wire everything. And I had to go buy like $3,000 worth of tools and everything. And so I started doing it as a hobby a couple months ago. But then as I started posting about it, a lot of people started asking me like, hey, I, I would love to buy one of those. Like I have some of my clients. One of them is um, he works in Oklahoma, like just north of Texas. He's been a sheriff's deputy there for 22 years. He's like, Nick, if you could make my exact like police like Chevrolet Tahoe, He's like, that would be crazy. I, I would love that. Like I've worked there. I've worked here for my whole career. If you could make one, that would be like insanely sentimental to me. I'd totally pay for it. And so then on the weekends when the market's closed and my all my clients are with their family and stuff and I got nothing to do except hang out with Bonnie and my dog, I was like, well, damn, I can just like start a whole business like selling these little cop cars and I can have a ton of fun doing it. And I'll just, you know, charge a bit to sell the little police car stuff. So I, I ended up 
starting a whole business, which kind of stemmed from just this little hobby out of my passions that I stuff that I was passionate about. And it's a ton of fun, man. So yeah, when I'm not trading and running mission effects, I'm in my little um, top floor of my house doing this little like workshop stuff with some police cars. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, look, um, Nick, thank you very much for coming on the show once again for the third time running. Um, I hope to see you back here in the future. Now, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you? I would tell people um, if you could just drop a link to my free trading like below this uh, this podcast or whatever, but it's www.missionfx.org. I don't recommend people trying to get in touch with me on social media because there are thousands of fake profiles of me that will try to solicit people for like, you know, hey, do you want to invest Bitcoin or whatever? And like, I don't do any of that. So I would say do not try to ever get in touch with me on social media. Um, the only place you should be getting in touch with us is like our company support email, which is support at missionfx.us. That'll get you in touch with like my team, like my support team to answer any questions. But really every single thing that someone could probably want to know is just at www.missionfx.org, which I'm sure you'll put below this. I'd say anyone can start there. There you have it, folks. Interview with Nick Dunn and Dustin. Do remember we have got that offer for 24 hours only. Hit the email on TradingNut. And now if you don't know how to get to access to the email, there's a link at the top saying join. You should be able to click on that. Do go and check your spam folders and stuff. So make sure you don't miss out on this offer. It's going to be awesome. So guys, that's happening later on this week. Do also remember, in the meantime, go and check out the video we recorded after this podcast. Uh, see how Nick trades and see how he gets those massive, massive, massive R return trades. All right, folks, until next time, I'll see you in the markets.